So he called me back five minutes later and said, guys willing to deal. Yeah, he's ready to get rid of this thing. Uh, so <laughs> let's let's drop it down 50 grand. So I was like, whoa. Blaine, thank you for taking time to sit down and do this interview with me. I'm excited to talk to you about your business, your deals, the progress you're making. How are you doing? Excellent. Hey, excited to be here, man. And it's great. I got to hang out with you and your wife for a few days in Puerto Rico. Came to my uh, fast track training. That was awesome. Oh, it was amazing. And you guys are uh, working together in the business as a couple. And from Utah, South Jordan, Utah, got started not too long ago. What, about six months or so ago? Yeah, uh, I think we started in March. No, it was like July. Oh, okay. I apologize. Nope, it was in July. Yeah, so it goes fast, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and tell me, how's your how's your experience been so far in real estate? What's your journey looked like these first six months? I've uh, been fantastic. So first couple months, um, but, so we we signed up for, for the fast track course. Mm-hmm. And uh, we... <laughs> We, what, what I really liked about the course is it kind of gave us a, this is what you should be doing this week. This is your, this is your next week. This is what you need to do this week. So it was actually getting out and calling people and getting used to that. So, which, you know, we've, we, we've been kind of interested in real estate for a really long time. Mm. I signed up for a few other places, Learned some stuff, but never really did any action on it. Mm. And uh, this was the first thing that actually caused us to do get, it. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, and you're uh, working your backyard market there in, in Utah, right? That's correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. So are you doing Utah County and Salt Lake County? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yep. I, I think that's smart. And so let's talk about this, uh, this first deal you got. Um, it's a great deal. How, how'd you find this first? So, so you've done, how many deals have you done? Is it just the one right now or you've done a couple just or where you at? Just the one right just now. Just the one. Okay. So you got the first deal. So let's talk about how that deal went down for you. Where, where'd you find this deal? I just found it. Yeah, I just found it on an MLS. Okay. So turned out, um, so we made an offer on it and then Come to find out when we connected with Nate, he made an offer on it and was rejected. Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, the, the Melissa found this one on the MLS. It was it looked okay, just a little outdated. But we found we were like, you know what? Let's check it out. I uh, it ARV'd for around five fifty, um, yeah. and they had it on sale for about four fifteen. Okay. So we we called him up. We said, you know what? We'll, we're willing to do 380 on it. Uh, and they were totally okay with it, but they Just, wanted. They didn't counter it? No, no. they said 380. Um, and I was like, oh, excellent. Sweet. This is this will be fantastic. <laughs> but we wanted to go look at it too. Yeah. How far away was it? Not very far. Okay. Uh, it's actually in my old neighborhood. I actually it's kind of American grew up there. Fork. Yeah. Okay. So down in the American Fork. So yeah, close by. Yeah. You set up a showing and go look at it. Yeah. And I, I don't think you usually do that with wholesales, right? You don't really need to go look at it. I mean, you can. Certainly a lot of people do. Um, I talk a lot about just being really careful about your the the use of time. Yeah. And is that a good use of time? Should you spend the time to go do it? In the beginning, if you're in your backyard, nothing wrong with that. It'll help you learn a lot because you'll you'll kind of see it, get your head around it. And certainly 
it's a lot easier if you can see the property, you'll get a better idea of the condition, right? Even sometimes meeting cash buyers, you meet them at the property. None of that's wrong. You always want to be thinking though in the business about scale. And, you know, if I'm doing five deals a month, how could I possibly go look at every deal I get under contract or every offer I make? How could I possibly meet every buyer that's interested in a deal? So you have to start thinking about leveraging your time in an effective way. But it's kind of like the same idea when you fix and flip. Do you manage it yourself? Are you there every day meeting subcontractors? There, It's not like that's wrong. It's just, it's very difficult to scale the more that you're doing yourself and taking on. One of the biggest things that you can not do is going to look at properties. So in the beginning, if you do something like that, I've got no problem with it as long as you understand that that's not your end game. That's not how you want to run the business. You're just getting your feet wet, right? So, you know, always have that in perspective of, you know what? Hey, let's go look at this one. It's our first deal. Let's meet every cash buyer at the property. It's our first deal. That's totally fine. Just know that you've got to keep moving out of those lower level activities so you keep staying high level. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we, I totally 100%, we we agree with that. Um, it's good that we did go look at it though, because there was something in the proper uh, downstairs in the basement that they didn't put on the MLS. Yeah. There was a, there's a giant crack, crack in the, the foundation foundation. <laughs> foundation issue. Yeah. Which we good. were able, because of that, we were able to negotiate the price down, yeah. but they wanted us to do five days due diligence. So we were like, okay. So let's, yeah. <laughs> so let's say, Melissa and Blaine, let's say that you didn't go look at it. The agent didn't disclose that, which they should have, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll find out real quickly because what will happen is you'll send buyers over there and they're going to see it and they're going to call you up and say, hey, did you know there's a foundation issue? And you're going to go, no, call up the agent, renegotiate. So a lot of times we think, well, I can't get the contract because I don't know everything. I haven't seen everything. What if there's something I don't know about? Well, that's why you have contingencies. And trust me, your cash buyers are going to inform you and educate you on what the real numbers are. So then the feedback comes back from your cash buyers, and now you've got new information. Hopefully, you've got enough information to where when you contract a property, you're basing it off of information that's, that's legit or enough, but not always. So a lot of times I find out about problems I had no idea about because either the seller or the agent never disclosed it. And I never went to the property to see myself, but I always find out afterwards when, when a cash buyer tells you about it. Yeah. So you saw it though. So you see this, you see this foundation issue. You're like red flag. This is a problem. Um, And then you go back to the agent and then what happened? Um, Well, (laughs) so we went back to him like this was, we, we tried to wholesale for a little bit and nobody was buying or nobody was kind of picking up on it. So that's when we were like, okay, maybe, maybe we should, uh, well, our our due diligence came up. So I called him up and said, listen, we're probably gonna have to cancel because we found this huge crack in the foundation. Um, And I, I've got a buddy who kind of, kind of does fix and flips a bit. And he's like, listen, that's probably a $50,000 fix. And I told the agent that I was like, listen, this is about 50 grand to fix. So we're probably gonna have to cancel. So he's like, all right, I'll get I'll let him know. So he called me back five minutes later and said, Guy's willing to deal. Yeah, he's ready to get rid of this thing. Uh, so <laughs> let's let's drop it down fifty grand. 
<laughs> I was like, whoa, okay. Now, now I should what? be somebody. So, so it came down from 380 to 320? To, to 330. 330, to 330, 330, I mean, yeah. Okay. So then, so that's when we got in touch. So we sent it out to everybody we could think of, and Nate got in touch with us. And said, yeah. hey, listen, do you want to joint venture that? Do you want to joint venture with me on this? Because, you know, he, he had a buyer. And yes. I was like, we're yeah. like, oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we definitely. Yeah, so, so if you're listening, uh, he's referring to Nathan Payne. He's um, also in our Fast Track program, another student in and um, on this one, I put you in touch with him, right? Because I think, was that right? Yeah. It was on the Facebook page. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I'm like, man, Nathan's your guy because because I knew he was in your market. He steps in. He's He sees you guys at contract at the, um, three was a 330, right? 330 yeah. number. It was a 330, which ironically was about how much he originally offered for the house before we got it. <laughs> that they rejected. Hey, real quick, if you haven't tried PropWire yet, you're missing out. PropWire has changed the real estate game by giving you property data for free. It's the perfect addition to your real estate business because you get unlimited free searches and unlimited free property downloads. That means no more expensive lists, no more software subscriptions, no more pay-per-lead services. Just free data from a nationwide database of 157 million off-market and MLS properties all at your fingertips 24 hours a day. Now, if you're a wholesaler in Atlanta looking for vacant houses, we've got that. If you're a rehabber in Las Vegas looking for vacant REOs, you're covered. If you're an agent in San Diego looking for listing leads, look no further. If you're involved in real estate in any way as a lender, landlord, or other professional, PropWire has the data to power your real estate business. So you should definitely check it out. Just go to joinpropwire.com to search and download an unlimited number of leads absolutely free that they rejected so let's think about this nathan saw it before offered 330 or somewhere around there they said no you come in at 380 they say yes then the foundation issue they now they come down um nathan actually really helped you get the deal because if you think about the seller's experience you're now coming back down it's confirming to the seller other offers that they had previously got so now the seller's going you know what i think 330 is actually the real number because that's what the feedback we're getting with offers is. You know what right. I mean? So I always tell agents, whenever I make a low offer, let's say you made the 330 offer and the agent's like, that's way too low. I don't want to make that offer. I always tell the agent, look, making my low ball offer is only in your best interest because it's going to help you sell the property eventually. Because what you're doing is you're giving the seller feedback of where the cash buyer market's really at. And that feedback is going to help the seller eventually come down. Maybe not all the way down, but they're going to help them come down. So anyway, that's that. I think that probably helped solidify the seller's decision to come down to that number. Oh, yeah. Well, and also it made me think, okay, well, just because somebody has rejected something in the past doesn't mean that they won't do it in the future because they're going to get other offers as well. No, never means no. It just means no right now. Yeah. Yep. That's all. No. When someone sells, says no, an agent or a seller, it only means no right now. Tomorrow, next week, next month, it could be yes. So, right. so, so always follow up, always make the offer anyway. Okay. Right. So Nathan comes in and he's like, guys, I know this deal. Um, and then he's got a pretty good buyer pool. So he took that to one of his buyers, right? 
Yep. Took it to one of his buyers. Um, it found a guy who was willing to pick it up for about three forty-five. Three forty-five. Okay. So yep. at that point, he called me up and said, "Hey, listen, I got this guy at about three forty-five. See if there's any way that we can get it down just a little bit more." Yeah. <laughs> so I, I was like, "Oh, geez." So I'm, I'm kind of sweating a bit. So I yeah. call, I call him mm-hmm. back up, and I'm like. Um, Hey, uh, we, we've got this. I I mean, I realize we're getting pretty tight here, but we got this guy who's willing to come in, but, um, he needs it for about three (laughs) ten. So I dropped it 20 grand and the guy's like, no, not going to do it at three ten. So I said, okay, let me call you back. So I, I put him on. So I'm driving at this point. I'm going to call him back. Uh, so I give him five minutes. I just sat, I sat in the car for five minutes, called back and said, okay, but he's willing to do 320. <laughs> and that's when the guy was like, all right, sweet. We can do 320. Okay. So I, I'd been reading some books on negotiation. It was like, all right, <laughs> do way more than you think. And then maybe come down from that. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's how we got to 320. So you got him to 320. So, so he renegotiated. So he, um, Redid the contract at 320. You've got a buyer with Nathan on the hook at 345. Yep. Then we get a then we got a call about two weeks later that said, hey, buyers found out, or that the title company has found out that there's a property line issue. Mm. Um the part of the house was like five feet over. It looked like in any case, they, they got in touch with us and said, Hey, um, we need to, uh, we need to do a survey for this buyer to go through. It took a, it took like this whole took another thing. Three weeks, yeah. yeah. This whole thing took about like two months, two and a half months. To, to from, from when you got the contract to when you finally closed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. it was very much, yeah, it's going through. Oh, it's not going to happen. <laughs> oh, it's going. Oh, oh. It's not, yes. welcome to whole, welcome to wholesaling. Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, all right. It's so not then what, what did you net then after paying the survey? Um, let's see. So the survey actually costs about $5,000. Okay. It's about 20. So about 20, um, yep. which, you know, me and Nate split. And then you split with Nate. Yeah. Yeah. So then so you, so you we, guys made 10 and Nate, and, and Nathan Payne made 10. Yep. Yeah. 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 It was an awesome experience. yeah we, we learned a lot. Yeah. That. Isn't that great to, uh, I mean, that's one of the amazing things about joint venturing with other wholesalers in the market is, you know, you guys had made an effort to find a buyer, but here's another wholesaler who's got a buyer that they have a connection with and, you know, it could have turned into maybe you would have found a buyer or maybe you would have had to like break up the deal. And instead, you're still made 10,000 by partnering with, an, with another wholesaler who also happened to be, you know, a student in the fast track program, which is really, really fun to work together and do deals like that. Yeah, it was awesome. I oh, found yeah. sometimes with big wholesalers, too, that they may have a buyer and and their buyer is such a good buyer that even splitting with your wholesaler, even even splitting the JV you make more than you may have made on your own anyway. Oh yeah. Finding your own buyer. <laughs> well, we, we were only trying to make about 10,000 anyway. So we were like, well, we, I, we also figured, you know what? 
splitting half of something is better way better than, than everything of nothing. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Half of something's better than a hundred percent of nothing. That's so true. You guys Good. Are that's your help, man. What's been the, what, what's been the biggest thing that you've learned and what would be your biggest piece of advice to somebody working on their first deal? So I was going to say, if we, if we hadn't learned your double dip uh, technique, this guy, the real estate for the seller would not have stuck around as long as he did. I mean, honestly, he would have been like, I'm out. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Cause there was a lot of back and <laughs> back forth, and forth back renegotiating. You guys renegotiated yeah. twice. Yeah. yeah. But, and there, there's a one point, like he kept, he kept asking, so is, is this other guy an agent? Like, is he going to want the, <laughs> the, I was like, nope, you're going to get a you man and make sure you're getting taken care of. Yeah. <laughs> so he was highly motivated by the full yes. 6% yes. commission. Yes. Yeah. That's great. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Well, good for you so, guys. I, one of the, one of the things you guys said was that, uh, you know, working with me and going through the program, it's really helped you become comfortable with the uncomfortable. What does that mean? Like, uh, well, it's helped him, right? It's helped you. Like, oh, yeah. he's already a people person anyway, and he's mm-hmm. constantly on the phone for his job. But he's he got better at negotiating and calling because it would stress him out to call oh, and yeah. negotiate with these guys. So yeah. it would stress him out. And being uncomfortable for me, I'm not a good math person, so I had to figure out how to do the ARV. So the ARV and do the comps so I could help because that was my load, you know? So I was like, I got to learn how to do this. And Jerry always says, if you're not uncomfortable, you're not doing it right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, yeah, you're not growing. So it's taught us how to be, get better and be uncomfortable to get better, you know? So, yeah, I like to say that, uh, you know, it's human nature that when things are uncomfortable, we want to try to avoid that. Like, what do I got to do to get out of this uncomfortable feeling? And it's that anxiety that we want to try to avoid. Whereas if we can embrace the anxiety and say, well, I feel so anxious about learning these numbers or about talking on the phone, negotiating. Like when you called back that agent, when Nathan said, get it lower and you said, hey, I need to go from 330 to 310. That's uncomfortable. Like, that's awkward. That's you're, and, and that's always that way. Like I've done it. I've done that exact same thing hundreds of times. And you're like, man, oh, I'm dreading this call because we worked so hard to get it to here. Now we're going to try to go even lower. What if I piss them off? What if the deal falls apart? We've got a little bit of spread here. So you get all that anxiety, but then, you know, you go through it and you do it anyway, and you have tremendous growth. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like when you were done with that, you were probably feeling like, well, that wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be, or I made yeah. it out to be. We're like, let's oh, yeah. do it again. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. It's 90... really letting him know is, hey, this is what I want. Yeah. Like, well, what do you think? <laughs> yeah. Worst he I says mean, is no. Worst he's going to say is no. And and so like 90% of the bad things that we think are going to happen don't actually happen. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, and you guys did it. You 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 came in at 310 from 330. He, he came in at the at the middle of it at 320 and that put another five grand in your pocket just by having that awkward conversation. Yeah. Totally exactly. worth it. Totally. Yeah. Just ask. Yeah. So great, great advice. Well, guys, I'm super excited for you. Can't wait to see your progress. Definitely going to stay in touch with you. I make it out to Utah quite a bit, uh, you know, a few times a year. So love to love to see you guys next time I'm out there and keep, keep growing, Good keep noise. developing, keep working the business. 
Appreciate you guys. Yeah, appreciate your help, Jerry. Seriously, thanks. You're awesome. All right.